recording, recording in progress. Recording in progress. <laughs> recording in progress. Recording in progress. Oh, it's so sunny out there. It's um, lovely. I know, and and according to the forecast, it's it's gonna we're gonna have this weather for a while. Yes, I'm hitting the beach next next week. Are you really? Uh, it's a couple of days off and uh, heading down Bournemouth Way. Nice, nice, nice. I'm gonna um, play in the sand. Oh, you got! Oh, you just slipped that one in. You got a glass of white wine when I've got a pink juice. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot I poured that. Uh, well, I know it's the end of the day. It's a Thursday. It's a, yeah, Thursday to Friday. It's sunny outside, so it doesn't feel late. You know why not? Why not? Hey, why not? Why not? Yeah, definitely. Very nice. Very nice. So you're well though. <sighs> I am well. Yeah, very well. We've got. Half term coming up, although by the time this podcast comes out, half term would have been and gone. But for us, it's next <laughs> week. I have not, ta- not actually taken much time off at all. I think I've just got one day off next week. So, yeah, all good. All good. Yeah, I've got a couple of days out. Not the whole week, but uh, nice to get away. So, so it'll be lovely on the beach. Anyway, uh, any films that you've watched more recently? I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians mm-hmm. of the Ga- I can't say that. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Three, yep. which obviously was a short while ago. I know you've seen it as well. I I thought it was an interesting film. I I I kind of almost thought it was like two films in one. For me, it was like the usual kind of stuff you get with a Marvel or Guardians film. In so much as you know, there's a bad guy and he's doing bad things, and something has to be, you know, they have to do stuff to save the world type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had the Rocket Origin story, which was surprisingly affecting i thought disturbing dealing with themes of animal cruelty and surprisingly as i say i was quite moved by some of the scenes uh in that film which i've never thought i'd ever say about like you know a cgi raccoon so yeah i, I really like that part of it and i wish it could have been more focused on that and almost kept with the kind of darker subject matter and kept with his story. But I know they could never have done that. So I thought overall, yeah, I thought it was pretty entertaining. But yeah, that was my favourite part of it. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I agree. The hearing the backstory of, of Rocket. But you had Will Poulter in it as well as uh, Adam Warlock, who um, was sort of an evil character in it. But we'll see what happens. I won't mention anymore because <laughs> I'm going to give it away if I say anymore. But yeah, no, I quite liked it as well. Not as good as the first, probably no. better than the second. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, it's in the middle. It's it's, it's a good watch. Yeah, it is. Anything it's else? Uh, no, I mean, I did go and see Super Mario, but obviously that's that's been out a while, yep. which was, I mean, no story, no real plot, just a lot of homage to the game, which was kind of yep. okay. It for was, a, wasn't it? Yeah. Colourful. Colourful, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But for what it was, it was, you know, I suppose quite entertaining. That's it for me. All right. Well, I've I've watched quite a bit, actually. Uh, we've had a bit longer, haven't we? Uh, not the full two weeks. We've had a tiny bit longer than two weeks. So uh, I watched The Mother on Netflix. Um, Jennifer Lopez is kicking some butt as an assassin on the run, all to protect her daughter. <laughs> so I like an assassin movie. <laughs> <laughs> a female assassin movie i like i like assassin male assassin movies as well but they're quite yeah quite entertaining very serious not much 
light, I would say, but it was uh, a good, easy watch on Netflix there. Air, I know you've you've mentioned Air before. I watched that with Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck in it about uh, the jo- Michael Jordan and recreating the, the Nike brand. Do you say Nike or Nike? Well, I say Nike. I know it's a bit like scones and scones, isn't it, I suppose? And then um, Loving Citadel on Amazon Prime, Richard Madden and uh, Papyanka Chopra Jonas and Stanley Tucci in that, uh, doing spy stuff across the globe as part of the Citadel group. And then Queen Charlotte is on uh, Netflix and it's part of the Bridgerton series. You have the Queen in Bridgerton, the other series that they've had but she go we go back in time really to see have more of a focus on her as she grew up and how she became queen and covers the story of the madness of king george as well which is quite interesting so that's good and then of course ted lasso i'm still watching ted lasso but i'm i'm foreseeing an ending coming here i'm a bit going to be devastated if it does actually happen in the next episode so we'll have to wait and see well i I'm in, well into my Ted Lasso now. Ah, uh, yay! It's good, yeah, isn't it? I love it. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice light thing to watch it's at the end of the day. It's very light. It's got such a great. Yeah. I, was, I was saying to my son when we watched an episode last night. The reason I like it is because, like you say, it's just got such a good heart, hasn't it? There's nothing yeah. sinister. There's nothing. I don't know. There's, no, there's nothing negative in it. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's just good, isn't it? Like, it puts you in a good mood almost all the time. It does. It does. And it's not. It's easy to watch well, late at night as well. It's not overstimulating no. or anything like that. It's it's a nice, easy watch, yeah. I have a quiz. <laughs> and do you know what? I have to share that I've not had much time to do the quiz. So I went with your trick and used chat GPT. <laughs> Okay, all in right. fact, not me. I actually asked my husband to do chat. So thank oh, you. right. This is Chris's quiz. Chris's <laughs> quiz by ChatGPT. Chat. Okay, right. that's right. Yeah, and I've just chosen five questions. Actually, I tweaked one of them. Good. Well. I was going to say when I did it, I wasn't satisfied with the first. Uh, yeah. The first okay. One. They're all about characters or topics that we are discussing later in this podcast to give you a feel. So we've got Elton John, we've got Taron Egerton, we've got Rachel McAdams, and we've got Kathy Bates, haven't we, in some of the in the film, two films that we've uh, reviewing a little shortly. So I will start the quiz. Are you ready? I am ready. Rob. Yes. You sure, Rob, you're ready? I am. Go for it. Good. Elton John composed the original song for which 1994 animated film? 1994? It's The Lion King, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I know. We're both, we're both doing these hand gestures, like <laughs> holding up The Lion King. What was the name of Kathy Bates's pet pig in Misery? Ah, oh, man. It's oh. easier than you think. Easier than I think. Pig. Pig. No, no, I mean, I don't mean pig as in that's not my answer. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to remember it. I don't think I'm going to remember it. It's misery. Oh! <laughs> oh! No, no. She says she calls it misery. Oh. Okay, that's annoying. Okay. I hope that's right, because that's how I remember it. Anyway. <laughs> no, I think that does now ring a bell, yeah. yeah. Next, number three. Rachel McAdams starred alongside Ryan Gosling in which critically acclaimed romantic drama? The, you know, it was the notebook. <laughs> Next time I give do a quiz from your side, you need to give me clues. 
Visual clue there. My 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 hands. I would have got that. I would have I would have got it. I would have got it. Okay, cool. And number four, in which film does Elton John make a cameo appearance as himself? And Taron Egerton is in the same film, and it's not Rocket Man. Well, okay, well, I'm going to guess that it's Eddie the Eagle. No. Nope. Was it Kingsman? Kingsman. Is Kingsman. it the Kingsman? Yeah, Kingsman, Golden Circle, yeah. Oh, He's okay. part of, um, oh, what's the lady's name? What evil lady that's in it? I can't remember. I watched that film. I can't remember. Oh, um, Taron Egerton plays a gorilla called Johnny in which animated feature film? The, I mean, these aren't. These aren't really easy. Hang on, that's supposed to relate to... Is is the theme of that one just the fact it's Taron? Yeah. Okay. Um, Gorilla? I'm just trying to think of an animated... Oh, he wasn't... um, He wasn't in Super Mario, was he? Oh, I thought you were going to say it then. No. Sing. Oh, okay. He's in Sing. He's in both Sing 1 and Sing 2. And actually, it's Julianne Moore, who was the evil character in The Kingsman the Golden Circle. And, yeah, she, he was part of her entertainment, I think, of some sort. I don't know. Wow. Anyway, That's do we go on to... Do we go on... Well... I, was, I, got, got, I think I got two. Um, Did I get two? Two. I think I got two. Two, yeah. That's not good. I, I should have I I got that stupid pig. Misery. Should have got that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well. I thought I slipped that one. That was my one. That wasn't Chat GPT, but note Chat GPT. You can now use that one if you want. Okay, I'm sure it's listening. It's listening probably via probably. some device. So you're going to say, "Shall we go?" I think you're going to say, "Shall we go on to the Taron Edgerton film?" Yep. Shall we? Okay. So Rocket Man. This was uh, off my list. Directed by Dexter Fletcher, who had already done Eddie the Eagle with Taron Edgerton four years before this film. And, yeah, this is a musical biopic that stills into the life and career of Elton John, as we well know. So the film follows his journey as a schoolboy and young piano prodigy named Reginald Dwight, of course, played by Taron Edgerton, living with his mum and his gran and his estranged father, who very much kind of looks down on his musical passion and shows no emotion or affection towards him. And and that, you know, that plays a major part, really, in the, in the film. Um, all the way through to his rise to, you know, worldwide fame as the Elton John that we remember most as this larger-than-life flamboyant performer. The opening scene is I think is really strong in this. It's a, it's almost like a showstopper all of its own. You, you've got, you've got Elton John quite clad in this dazzling bright orange spandex with shoulder pads and this headgear featuring devil horns, platform shoes. He struts into this drab, dreary town hall, which is an AA meeting. And he's asked to introduce himself and we get, you know, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic, cocaine addict, sex addict, bulimic, shopaholic, and, and so it goes. And it, it's from these kind of musings in this AA meeting on his life that, that forms this narrative structure because we flash back and forward from there of him almost retelling 
his entire life story to everybody in the room. So, yeah, it explores his struggles with his identity, his sexuality, this kind of complicated relationship he has with his parents, his, his longtime collaborator, Bernie Taupin, played by Jamie Bell. You've got his lover and who ends up just being this ruthless manager, John Ree, played by Richard Madden. And of course, his battle with drugs and addiction. Uh, it is a musical. So the drama is punctuated with these musical numbers where Edgerton and other cast members kind of burst into song, which I think is done really well in, in terms of like, it's always that thing with the musical, that first song, when you see the character start singing, as it were, just, is it going to draw you in? Are you going to find it strange? I thought it all worked really kind of seamlessly. And the songs aren't the chronological order in which they were made. You see this in other films, but I think it works really effectively in this one. The songs are used based on their lyrics, and they, the lyrics are kind of tied to what's happening in his life at that particular time. So, for example, Rocket Man itself is is used to depict the part of his life where his drug addiction was really at rock bottom at its worst. But equally, you you get those more poignant musical numbers without the fanfare that you know that draws out the raw emotions of the story but but those set pieces those musical numbers they really are very well done and and some of them are really are quite spectacular and they're, they're almost quite abstract at times and i was really drawn in by those and so yeah it's just it, it very much is this roller coaster rise through the highs and lows of his personal and professional life very confidently played by Taron Edgerton so i think that's pretty much it There's, you know, i don't need to delve into all of the ins and outs of his story again as is often the case on this podcast this is the second time i've seen this film so yeah sarah what did you think yeah actually i i think this is the second time i've watched it i didn't watch it on the big screen i wasn't really drawn to it because we had Bohemian Rhapsody in 2018. Rocket Man came out in 2019, and so did Judy, based on Judy Garland. I don't know why they all seem to come out at the same time, but of course, you shouldn't do, but you do. You compare them. And I compare, I guess, Rocket Man to Bohemian Rhapsody. And looking back, you know, they're, they're going through the early years and how they make it. But I would say Rocket Man with, with Elton John is a bit more theatrical, a bit more flamboyant than Bohemian Rhapsody is. And Bohemian Rhapsody and is about Freddie Mercury, who's not around. Judy Garland is not around. The only other film that I watched, but unfortunately, unfortunately changed overnight, is the Tina Turner movie as well. Um, and she was alive when her biography in the movies came out as well. So I found it a bit odd that obviously we should celebrate what he's done and how he's got to where he is but he's still alive and I feel that there's still more to, to share with what Elton John has got to show and very similar I would say to the next film we're going to review which is Are You Are You There God It's Me Margaret so it's a coming of age almost film and, and self-discovery kind of film as well uh, which is so is Bohemian Rhapsody now if I'm comparing them right now I'm going to say uh, Bohemian Rhapsody did take more at the box office it took 910 million whereas this film took 195 minutes. So I guess it could be because Freddie Mercury's not around anymore. I, I don't know whether he's got a bigger fan base or not, but um, interesting that if you compare, are they apples for apples? I'm not sure. Maybe they're not because it's it's a bit more theatrical. I don't know. What do you think? Are they apples for apples? Well, I think Bohemian I... Rhapsody versus um, Rocketman? I don't think they are, but on the face of it, it's not surprising that people go into it thinking that way. I was the same, mm -hmm. like, 
you say it's hot off the heels of Bohemian Rhapsody mm. and it doesn't take long like you say it doesn't take long when you're watching it to realize it is a very different film so I think you have to almost treat it on its own level if that makes sense yeah I wonder if Renfield the the, the directors and writers for Renfield got the idea for doing their sort of uh, counseling circle uh, uh, from that, from this as well yeah 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 Anyway, less gore in in this one, um, but no, I agree because completely exceptional performances for Taron Egerton um, in the lead role. He, he really captures the essence of of Elton John's talent, uh, his struggles, his ultimate triumphs, and in a mesmerising way as well. I think he he's, his vocals are amazing as well. I didn't realise he could sing like that, so all credit to him. Great to see Jamie Bell as as Bernie Taupin in this as well, and. Did I know much about his background already? Maybe a little bit, because I think because he's around and he's been in interviews a bit more, I think I did know a bit of background. So I knew kind of knew what was potentially coming, but I just loved the music in there because it's really sort of rock and roll. But you kind of go into this almost trance on some of them and almost like Elton John's perspective. For this film did win in 2020 the Oscars Best Achievement in Music, written for Emotion Pictures as well so i guess does that mean that they changed the music slightly because i don't think they changed it hugely did they not that no. they made they yeah. made they, they they probably changed the the numbers to work with the set pieces i suppose i mean they got an oscar out of it which is great but it's yeah it's quite disturbing really you see him around today and and you don't you don't really feel that he'd gone through all those has his personal demons and challenges that he faced in the music industry it wasn't plain sailing for him to get to, to where he is today, I would say. And that's probably what they wanted to portray in this movie. It's not as easy as you think it is. And, you know, it's got that a quest for acceptance and self-discovery as part of this as well. So, so yeah, um, generally, I probably put this off, this film, watching this film, and I would do the same probably with Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm, these kind of films are not really my go-to films, but I mean, is any musical go-to film for me? Probably not. Maybe that's it's just a personal take there. But well executed, very colourful and flamboyant. So have you got any factoids or anything else that you want to share, Rob? Not, not really in terms of factoids. I mean, like you say, Taron Edgerton did all of his own singing, which I think is pretty remarkable, really. Mm. And the only other couple of things that, that I saw was that, you know, Elton John faced, you know, one of the biggest challenges, which was having someone to actually portray him. And so he told Edgerton not to copy him in the film and just find his own version mm. of the role. And I think that does actually come across. Obviously, it's Elton John, and, and there's there's a, obviously a likeness and all the rest of it. But he does, in a weird way, make it his own. You, you, I, I, it's funny thinking about it now. You do kind of feel like you're what, you are watching Taron Edgerton portraying Elton John, but you know what I mean in a weird way. That's not to, that's not to take anything away from his performance because I think it's absolutely uh, it's such a confident performance. I remember when they when he they first break into that first dance number. It's like wow, he can really do this. He can very much command the audience, even by mm. even in this musical sense. Another interesting thing I read that apparently he was trying to get this film, this is Elton John, trying to get this project off the ground for for a long time. And I think one of the reasons apparently uh, was because many of the producers wanted to make it a 12-rated film. And for him, Uh, it was just like, well, 
you know, he didn't live a 12 rated life and he, he didn't want that. <laughs> he, he wanted you know, it, which, which kind of makes sense. If you're going to make a film about mm. his life, it has to be, it has to include all the things that you kind of know it's going to include. It had color, it had charisma. There was this, as I say, this incredible kind of confidence with the film as a whole. And I think Jexter Fletcher, you saw it with Eddie the Eagle to a certain extent. He's very good at doing like crowd pleasers. Well, at least based on those two films. Mm. And I really thought that's exactly kind of what this was. It had its moments where it did delve into some quite dark areas, but he's very good in that, in that kind of role. I thought using the flashbacks to the AA meeting, I thought that was quite an effective, like confessional device. I actually thought that would work really well. Yeah. The lyrics being used to tell the story, I thought worked really well because it's a weird, you know, you, when you listen to an Elton John song, it's like anything. You, you tend to listen mm. to the song and not really listen to the lyrics. Suddenly, when the lyrics are actually deliberately placed to tell the story of what's going on, it's like, oh, wow. Now, mm. wh- whether the songs were written with any of that subjective matter in mind, probably not at all, maybe not at all, but it was still neat, very neatly uh-huh. done. Like you, I knew about Bernie Taupin. I knew so much that he he wrote it and, and he put the music and sang on top. So, But that's all I knew. Mm. Yeah, Um, I'll tell you what I was thinking when I was watching the film As a drama and not a musical And I guess this would be for people who are interested I think there could be quite an interesting film Just about those two Because I kind of got the impression They had quite, you know They had quite an interesting relationship Bernie Taupin was not gay And their relationship was almost very brotherly Yeah Um, Huge respect even when they The periods where they were falling out with each other but there was this kind of unspoken incredible bond between them that actually at times felt quite complex under the surface so I thought that was and they still have that strong relationship don't they I think they do I think they do yeah yeah. Richard Uh, Madden Uh, it's so weird seeing Richard Madden in Citadel and then watching him in this completely different role for him he plays John Reed who's Elton John's former manager and lover and he's just he's just a bit mean isn't he he's a bit of a meanie but we see we see that as well in um, in Bohemian Rhapsody, and often just in other biopics mm-hmm. about musicians who have managers. Like they they often yep. are these characters that become very self centered and brutal and like you know manipulative of the artist. Again, when you watch these things, questions do come into your mind. Like, well, I'd like to know whether that relationship really was like that. How much things have been dramatized for effect? I thought, I was, and that particular relationship, I was quite curious about. The other yeah. larger than life character, the from more almost just from a comedic point of view, was um, Dick James, his original manager, played by Stephen Graham, this Cockney, no nonsense guy. This is all of his early work and stuff and I thought he I thought he was quite a cool cool character but I think the thing that I kind of came away apart from the numbers the numbers like you say the musical numbers he's incredible flamboyant I mm. thought they were done brilliantly especially the rocket man sequence where he, he kind of comes onto the stage as he did in the in, in the baseball outfit and it and it's all part of this song which is matches you know as I say when he has this real bad drug overdose Uh, i thought that was very very effectively done Uh, and then you have those more quieter numbers which tend to deal with his his hurt and his isolation and his loneliness and often that's not just to do with the relationships but it's to do with his relationship with his mother and father specifically his father yes and that that, that's a really quite a big storyline in this Mm -hmm. his father almost effectively kind of emotionally rejecting him and 
at least the way in which it's portrayed. And, you know, I mean, this is Elton John's film, isn't it? So, I mean, you, you have to assume that a lot of this is relatively accurate. And it's even spelt out. It really does feel like it's just this one kind of lonely soul. And, and all he really wants is a hug from his dad. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he, right at the beginning of the film, he, he goes in for that hug because he's so excited. And about, I think it's because they do share this kind of love of music. But but it's just he just doesn't get it. I think it's referred to again later in the film, and I think that's really quite sad. Ultimately, beneath all of the razzmatazz and the flamboyance and the music and his ups and downs, you do get the impression that that very much affected him, damaged him, whatever you want to say. But it but very we, much yeah, had, a, had an influence on his life. No, it w- and it would do. And, I, and it's interesting because I watched um, Matt Willis from Busted had a documentary out, something else I watched this week, and Emma Willis. And it's about his drug addiction and everything. And it really stems from him growing up as a lad and having a poor relationship with his stepfather and just being neglected, really, and 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 having a challenging upbringing, and it does. If ch- childhood, they were just looking for for hugs, and it really affects people later on in life. And it's shown in here, and it's shown um, in that documentary I watched the other day. And it's a common, it is a common theme, isn't it? With a lot of these kind of biopics, walk the line, mm. and a lot mm. of them, obviously, these stars. But you know, ultimately, for this film. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. it. It it kind of raced along. It's a very easy watch, I think, of a film as well. Yeah. And Taron and Taron Egerton, like the Kingsman movies, I suppose, introduced him as a star um, in the making. But I think this really solidified him as a as a true Hollywood star. As I say, I thought he was great. So yeah, yeah I I probably have more of a fondness for this than you. It was on my list. Mm. I I'm not into. I've got to be honest. I'm not big into musicals either. So I think I'm gonna give it a. I'm going to give it just a solid 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it. It's not going to be right up there for me, but but I enjoyed it enough to give it 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I didn't really want to watch it again initially, and I can see why you would like it because of the I mean the acting is 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 very impressive. It tells a good story about his, you know, starting his career and upbringing, etc. but um yeah, I think um 7 out of 10 for me. It's not it's not my cup of tea. Good stuff. Okay, so next film is at the cinema. It's Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Or you can do it in Margaret Thatcher. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> it's very poor, poor impression. I'm sorry. And it's nothing like Margaret. It's nothing about Margaret. No, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> a very tenuous link. I know, I know. Anyway, it's rated PG at the cinema, as I said. And I went to see with a friend and their daughter who may be related to you. <laughs> it was a girl's outing all i could think about mm-hmm. when i was watching it was my daughter not surprisingly and all i could think about when i after i watched it was thinking how's rob gonna take this film because it's very girly very girly film anyway it was interesting to see their perception yeah in this film there's a lot of adults very few children I think those adults in the room potentially had read the Judy Bloom uh, novel, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. So maybe they were reminiscing. They were going from older ladies to me to, to younger ladies. So it was appealing to all. However, I do think 
it is more pitched for the 11, 12, 13-year-olds, girls of the of the world. Anyway, uh, we've got Margaret is played by Abby Porter-Fortson. She may recognise her as Cassie from 2018 Ant-Man and the Wasp. Her mum uh, is Barbara, played by um, Rachel McAdams. And we've got Grandma Sylvia, who is played by Kathy Bates, and who I haven't seen for quite a while. It was nice to see her in a film. Then we've got Herb, um, who's the dad, and he's played by Benny Safdie. I'm going to just rattle off what it says on IMDb because it's pretty much to the point. When Margaret's family moves from the city to the suburbs, 11-year-old Margaret navigates new friends, feelings and beginnings of adolescence. And it's exactly that on the tin. And I don't think there's quite a film out there quite like it. It's a coming-of-age movie. It's about peer competition, growing up, also seeing it from a parent's side as well, seeing Margaret growing up so quickly. And then there are funny moments. It's a drama. It's a family film as well. I love the connection between Margaret and her grandmother, played by Kathy Bates. And what I found really interesting is that her dad was Jewish and her mum was Christian, but they didn't want to, when they wanted Margaret to make up her mind, which religion she would like to follow or whether she follows one at all. So she starts exploring all these religions, which I thought I've never heard anything like it. I thought it was brilliant, brilliant addition to the storyline as well as growing up. I loved her new friends that she made in the suburbs. Nancy, who you may uh, recognise from Walking Dead. Elle Graham, but she's also been in Stranger Things and uh, many other films and TV series as well. I can see her and uh, Margaret, so Abby Porter Fortson. Elle Graham plays Nancy. They've got a good career ahead of them. I think they were brilliantly acted, this film. I just love the little swagger that Nancy has. She's a little bit, almost a bit like a mean girl in a way, but she's very much the, the leader of the group, leader of the pack. And I found it hilarious that they would, they're also keen to, to either wear a bra or they're wanting to tell each other when their periods start and things like that. I had never wanted to do any of that when I grew up. I was probably with a shy girl in the corner of the room that just didn't want to share any of my adolescence, you know, um, puberty as I grow, grew up. And I, I don't recall any of my friends sharing that information either. So a very different slant. Maybe it's, you know, something that some girls like to do, but it definitely wasn't up my street anyway. But I found it's got a lot of charm, this film. And I'd love to get your thoughts, Rob, on a male perspective and what you thought and a dad's perspective. Well, that's it. I mean, I think it's more a dad's perspective. I sent a message when I went to the cinema to you saying, would I be the only bloke in this in the cinema? I think there were one or two, weren't there? Were there one or two when you watched it? I don't think there was, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those films that it's in no way cinematic because it is obviously it's an adaption from a book. I felt... The first half of the film could almost have been a TV series, yeah, actually. that's exactly yeah. right. That's not a negative thing on the film at all. It's just, as I say, it's just an observation so much as you watch the film and you're taken in purely by the story and purely by the characters. And it's a very, very engaging story, even though it deals with an 11, 12-year-old desperately trying to navigate friends navigate her identity, navigate all of the things that occur at that age, her period. Boys, boys. Boys, getting a bra, mixing with friends just because she wants to belong. But in actual fact, it's not 
really her, herself and, and all that stuff and, you know, moving to a new um, area to live. And then the backdrop of the parents and the in-laws who obviously in the film meet for a dinner at the house. And like you say, there's that religious element because both are from different religions and the couple themselves very much shun religion, as you say, like the, the, the mother and father, Barbara and Herb, and don't really want to push any of that onto their daughter. And yet, like you say, her daughter decides that she's going to do her paper or dissertation, a school project, exploring religions. Which actually, actually, I I thought that was done quite well. I quite I liked, thought it was. I thought it was yeah. quite neat. You know, talking about the confessional device in Rocket Man being quite neat, quite clever. I thought this was quite clever because in all of the contradictions you get with religion, especially when seen through the eyes of a child, how flawed religions are and how how they just don't really seem to make sense. And but I like the way that. Religion was used as a way almost, you know, as a as an analogy, really, as, as, as to what's actually going on in different parts of her life. I thought that was just really neatly done. And she, when she did her dissertation as well, she kind of gave a perspective on what is going on today with religions as well, with wars and there's arguments and over what religion you should be and things like Precisely. that. Precisely. I thought the cast were really strong. Rachel McAdams, Kathy Bates such a safe pair of hands as it were with those two they were great kathy bates provides that humor i suppose as as the yeah. as the grandmother who's who's you know desperately clinging on to her granddaughter as she lives somewhere else and their relationship those two have uh, is quite is quite sweet benny safty he looked really familiar i must admit and i forgot that him and his brother directed Uncut Gems and Good Times. So in actual fact, he's almost better known for his for direct, side, for his yeah. stuff, for his directing. Oh, yeah, he, he was he was good. It was one of those films where it was just such an you know you talked about it could have easily been a TV movie or TV mm. TV series. It just washes over you. It's just a nice you know nice thing. I think I did watch it on a Sunday as it happened. It's just so easy to watch. You know, there's, there's nothing in it, like I say, that's cinematic or groundbreaking. or But it's just great actors playing characters with great values. And although, obviously, its audience is going to be girls of that age and probably their mothers or people who remember the Judy Bloom books, you know, again, so I suppose, you know, mothers of our age. There's something you can find in it that, that you relate to. Like, you know, you happen to watch the film with my daughter and my daughter's just in her first year at secondary school. And, you know, it's, it's obviously she's having to tackle some of this stuff. And so my my thoughts naturally went there. And so I kind of did have a connection and I really did kind of feel for her. So I enjoyed it. I mean, I did enjoy it. It was just very, very easy to watch. Um, yeah. And it was one of those films where I kind of thought, and this goes back to the TV series thing. Are they going to make more of these? I mean, there's loads of, but I could imagine people just going to going to watch another one, like you know, yeah, based on another yeah. book. I, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. And I was trying to, I was trying to think, what else is there that's out there that your daughter can watch next? And I don't think there is anything. I was thinking, is there My Girl? But I hear, you know, no, maybe not because that's quite depressing at the end. There's but, not really no. You're right. There's not no, really. There isn't much anything that, on no. that ilk, is there? And there's nothing for boys. The closest to that for boys is probably the Spielberg movie that we just watched recently as well. So you know the growing up of, of Spielberg, but not really done in the same way, I would say. But maybe you know, would there be something out there for the boys? I didn't know anything about 
Judy Bloom. I mean, naturally, I, I didn't read any of those. I'm mm. not. I'm a big reader, but I didn't really know. Mm. I've heard the name, and I knew broadly who she was. Mm. But Deanie was the book, I believe, that was the most famous, and I think dealt with slightly more non risque, risque, <laughs> yeah, risque <laughs> subjects or risque things. You know, just from chatting to people who I know, that than this. And in actual fact, I went into this film thinking that it was actually going to be slightly more risque than it was. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm not the audience for it. I I did connect as a game, you know, purely because of my my daughter. It was a very well acted, and yeah, I was great. I mean, and I and like I said, I, I could I could easily watch another one. Yeah, and I, I, there is on I think it's on Amazon Prime. There is a Judy Bloom documentary on how her stories came about and how very taboo they were back in the day when these were being released. I did actually find it weird that they had a dishwasher <laughs> in the family, a very middle class. I have to say, very middle class family and you know having their lawns mowed for them by the local boy next door kind of scenario um but yeah um the dishwasher was baffled me because i was thinking when did i when would we have a dishwasher as a family and we must have been later in the uk and it's just simple things like that was going on my mind i know i'm doing it again aren't i rob with the blood i know the field and now that's I'm doing what the i thinking. I, I, I actually look <laughs> i actually looked at the trivia on this film i looked at the trivia on this film there's only three or three or four bits on imdb and one of them was making the point that the phones that were used weren't strictly accurate for the time. I thought, I bet Sarah's I bet Sarah's gonna notice dishwasher. Something, something dishwasher. Like that. And there you go, yeah. this is the dishwasher. But the friend who I watched this film with came back to me because I said, When did dishwashers go? <laughs> when were the good you could buy a dishwasher? I'm sure it's the nineties, but no, seventies in the US. I don't go. think we had a dishwasher till late eighties, nineties. I'll tell you another thing about this film. Apart from Nancy, who you can forgive because you know She's obviously got issues of her own. Yeah. All of, all of the characters, uh, actually, uh, uh, and apart from the um, the lady who runs the, the PTA is organising all of that. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you can tell she doesn't really want to do it either. They, they were all just quite nice characters. You know what I mean? There, well, there was they, like, there, there well, was, I mean, yeah. The, but it, it had, a, it, oh, sorry, it had a kind of, okay, I suppose what I'm trying to say, it had a, like a, quite a warm heart to it. This film, I suppose, maybe it's just because the nucleus characters, or the nuclear characters, as much as the family that she was part of, just seemed really nice. The the mum and dad were just really nice. So often in this film, in these films, coming of age, um, often there's an issue between the mum and dad. You know what I mean? Often there's something not quite right there. There's an issue in the family, which is which is tricky for the child growing up. But these two were just quite a cool, like yeah. quite a cool couple. I mean, I know the, I know yeah, the, in, I know the, I know the, I know the in-laws, like yeah. you know, obviously had their like religious views and stuff. You think of uh, the Spielberg film. Obviously, there's a there was a you know a parental thing going on there. Anyway, it's just yeah. observation, but it just goes back to the way the film just kind of is just a nice watch on the whole. Mm. It's they're just kind of relatively nice characters. They were and they weren't. Remember, they were bullying that very tall girl that had developed early. They were yeah, but that, but her that was Nan- yeah, but that was like most yeah, I know, I, yeah, but that was mostly led by Nancy. Nancy, yeah. I suppose the reason I liked it is because you kind of knew or you hoped that Margaret would be the one to eventually see through all of that, and uh, you know, 
and be the one to actually be the friend of that particular person yeah. and be, be brave enough to learn from the values of her parents, which probably ultimately is what drove a lot of her. That she always she, she eventually did the right thing, and she decided to when she's when she kind of gravitated towards those friends that were like right for her. And oh god, I mean, as I say all this, yeah, all I can think about is my daughter. It's crazy. And actually, Judy Bloom was also in the film. Played one of the neighbors walking the dog. That's right. I didn't see that. Was the other? That was the other trivia fact. Yeah, yeah. factoid. The only other thing I'd probably recommend, actually, that that your daughter could watch, which um, my son and I really loved consuming over Christmas period, is Wednesday, and that's a TV series, but really well done as well. Yeah, not not the same as this this movie, but as a teenager, a young teenager. That's quite well, a good well. The thing is, she shunned that. I mean, ultimately, she's at that stage where just watching a film is not of interest to her. To be honest, the only mm. reason she watched this is because her mother took her along. And so she, mm. she will, you know, she'll kind of go in a situation like that. But yeah. it's the usual thing. She came away saying, the best film I've ever seen. So mm. it's funny. Children are different. Some children just love to watch a film. Some yeah. children, I mean, she's she's twelve. She's not really that interested in watching films. She should yeah. much should should much sooner binge her way through Outer Banks, or should much you know binge her way through a kind of a TV series than she, right. she would actually sitting yeah. down for an hour and a half, two hours on my recommendation to try and watch a film. It just doesn't really happen. <laughs> oh, there. What are you going to give it anyway? Um, I'm going to give it. Seven and a half out of ten, but but that's only because it didn't have anything that made it kind of standout film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but seven and a half is still a really solid score for the fact it was just very well done, engaging, well acted, in, in a weird way, kind of flawless from that point of view as a mm-hmm. story that was very very watchable. Yeah, a lot going on on in Margaret's life and I think uh, they covered lots of different bases there and I I quite liked it. I think I'm going to give it eight and a half, actually. I'll give it a nine. I'll give it a nine. I think the reason why I'm giving it a nine is I I think it really targeted the teens really, really well and it did have something for the adults and other ages as well. I I think Kathy Bates was brilliant in it. I loved her, her charm and her... Just wanting to be with her granddaughter and I love the fact that she also was being a bit cheeky at the same time and, and she went off on all these fancy holidays, met some men and, you know, that kind of thing. So I liked her character a lot and I think Rachel McAdams played Rachel McAdams as she normally does. I yeah. think it was a huge change for her. Yeah. But, but, good. Just, but good, You know, safe hands is probably the right wording, as you said earlier. So, yeah, a nine for me. I, I thought it was a good watch and I'm pleased that your daughter has a good film that she she can reference and quote now as well. So, so Yeah, exactly. Just have to wait for the next film she gets dragged along to. So the new film we're going to watch is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Not into, but across. So it's the second one of these um, animated movies. First one was excellent. I think, what do we give it? Did we give it 10 out of 10, both of us, for that Ooh. one? Well, it's close if we, if we didn't. But, I mean, looking forward to seeing this. And it's half term, as we said. I know when this is released, it's going to be pr- pretty much in June time. But a good film to watch with my boys. Yeah, no, I'll be exactly the same. It's amazing that it's five years since the first one was released. Yeah, yeah. So you've got Mars Morales, 
catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. So very familiar Spider-Man themes there. But it's the, yeah, like you say, it was the kind of groundbreaking animation and music and, and all the rest of it. Uh, and, you know, talking about films that made an impact on children, teens, whatever. Yeah, my, my son loved this film to the to the point where he's asked that can we go and watch it like oh, like good. soon soon after it's released because he, he wants to see it that much so yeah. it's got a lot to live up to i mean i must admit i'll, I'll be quite surprised mm. if it's as good as the first one because there was that originality impact it had to a degree like this the animation style and all that stuff i'm talking about you know we have seen it once before so will it have that impact again it's going to be more reliant upon the story and the characters so it'll be interesting to see how that goes yep sounds good looking forward to that so that's the new film you are picking from my list this week i am and there's only three there's only three just because uh, i came prepared there's only three yeah. genres on, left mm-hmm. so we've got animation war uh-huh. and western those are the last three so are these are the last three. I've got those the, are the oh, last three of this round before we, before we clean them up. I mean, you know, I, I we don't have to strict stick with this. Strict. Which would you like? We already watched an animation, so do you want war or western? If I had to choose out of war and western, it would be western. But I've always got the impression you've got very little on the western list. I've got three left. Okay, all right, no, that's fine then. Um, well, I'll go. Oh, now the question is. Is number one, was it originally the first one you put on the list or have Mm. you deleted some that were there before and now this has been elevated to number one, in which case it's not your number one? I'm going to go number one. Well, number one was the first one I put on the list. Right. And it's very much the Brat Pack. It's Young Guns. Oh, what a... Young Guns. My God. Was this 80s? Yeah, 88. 88. Yes. All I need to say is Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland. You've got Lou. Oh yeah, Louis Diamond Phillips, Charlie Sheen. Oh yeah, you're quite Co- excited about com- that. Com- <laughs> complete. Well, I do like my eighties. <laughs> I do like my eighties films. Complete mm-hmm. with a John Bon Jovi. Bon John Bobby. John. John. <laughs> I can't say it. John. John Bon Jovi like, soundtrack. Isn't there? Wasn't there? Wasn't there some song that, that he did that went along with this? Blaze of Glory. Remember. It was Blaze of Glory. I can't remember. Unless can't it was remember. that could have been Young Guns too. Maybe. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. It was so good they made another one. Uh, a group of young gunmen led by Billy the Kid become deputies to avenge the murder of the rancher who became their benefactor. But when Billy takes their authority too far, they become the hunted. I mean, I watched this long ago. I've got to be honest, I don't really remember much about it. I don't either. I think I was a probably a teen or an, in my early 20s when I watched it. But it obviously this. made a, a big enough impact on you to put it on your list. Yeah. yeah I thought, well, it's the Brat Pack, isn't it? It's well, it is, exactly. Pack. So you, it's currently rental buy, uh, but, you know, do check your on-demand channels when you listen to this recording because it may be available uh, for free on streaming, but you can get it from Amazon Prime. There's uh, Rakuten TV, Apple TV, Sky Store currently, Apple TV Plus as well. It's on there. So most on-demand platforms you can you can rent or buy it from. Good stuff. 
Well, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm quite looking, yeah, actually. I'm fancy an oldie. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not oldie. It's not really, really old, but it's more in our teenage days. Exactly. And it's under two hours. Do you know what? It's a, it's an eight, it's at least on IMDb it's saying this. It's an 18. I don't remember it being an 18. Obviously, it must have been. Maybe that's why I liked it. That's why, yeah, that's why yeah. I was probably young. Very, too young to watch it, probably. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right, well... Yeah, I look forward to that. Okay, well, it's quarter to eight, and it's still light out there, and I can see blue sky. I, I might go for a little wander, you know, get some Why not? fresh air. Okay. I'm going to the chippy. Are you? <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. We haven't had tea yet, so, yeah, oh, pop into the chippy. I might see you there. I mean, I, I haven't really got anything. Although you suddenly give me an idea there. There you that go. Could be, that could be a good Chip walk. o'clock. I might just walk to the chippy, get some chips, with I a... probably won't walk because my son has already had a shower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... I, don't, I'm not, I don't want to get bogged down in chippy talk, but what's the go-to order? You're going into a fish and chips. You're obviously going to get the chips. What's going with the chips? Well, I am a pescatarian. Obviously. So, <laughs> so I won't go for a burger or I will go for a, eat. I, I normally go for a fish cake, actually. Well, I'm always torn, to be quite honest. I'm, I don't subscribe to any particular food <laughs> communities so i'm always torn between just the usual cod or <laughs> a battered sausage but it's got to be good okay um, battered sausage yeah or, not a jumbo sausage n- no or a, a battered jumbo sausage or a battered jumbo sausage sometimes <laughs> i'm just like i fancy a burger but then i feel guilty because i hang on this is fish and chips burgers never uh. came onto the menu at fish and chips until later it was always fish. Then they introduced the battered sausage back in the day. And then they just started throwing like burgers on their chicken nuggets, didn't they? I mean, you, you, you always feel like you, you you can't really walk out of there with chicken yeah. nuggets or burger. No. Or you could pop next door and go and get a halloumi uh, kebab or something like that. That's true. <laughs> As well. Or we're a very pizza. We're very lucky where we live because we, we, we are blessed with a couple of takeaway places. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, but uh, you're making me hungry. So. Okay, all right. Well, I'll Let's see. You, I'll, I'll see you up in about ten minutes. <laughs> all right. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.